Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's all about the he said, she said, Tanya said. That's right. I'm interviewing two-time stroke survivor and one of my favorite people in the world. Tanya says, and Simon says, intro done. Boom. Hi, I'm Joe. And I'm Lauren. And we are the, the Neuro Nerds. Yes, that was on time. I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good about that. Welcome to the Neuro Nerds. Once again, said every week, meet it every week. Very special episode. Amazing guest with me today. I have with me all the way from the East Coast. She's not like she's still there. She's over there. She's not like with me, but she's <laughs> she's from the East Coast. My friend Tanya. What's going on, Tanya? Hey, Joe. What's up? What's going on? How how the heck are you? How's your day? My day is good. I got a lot done, which means I had to take a really large nap to recover from getting a lot done. <laughs> but I'm proud on each side of that thing. You know, I I, th- I think that's all. I really wish I was more of a napper. I actually did take a nap today. I took like a 30 minute nap. and I'm like, what the hell? is going on in the world you know like i avoid naps like i'm a toddler so naps sound amazing they just don't really work out well for me that being said i'm gonna dive straight in with you tanya how are you part of this community so i am a brain injury i guess i have an acquired brain injury in august of 2020 i suffered an ischemic stroke and then that later bled so it's a fancy term called a hemorrhagic conversion That all just equaled about a month in the hospital, lots of rehab, and I am still an active rehab participant. Like I said, I'm just about a year out from having my stroke. So um, Mm -hmm. in the greater scheme of things and all of the people that I've met, I feel like I'm very young in my recovery. Um, you're so like I a little really baby. Lucky. I'm a baby. You're like a doe. I Here you know. Are. You're like a little I know. Doe. You're, you've got shaky legs and you're learning how to walk <laughs> in this new sh- post-stroke world, which is really cool. So you said August. I didn't realize it was so close. And also our strokes happen very close together, like in the same month. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're the Year, fourth. Fourth. Yeah. Years apart. Yeah. Yeah. But same, same, same month. You know, only the cool, cool kids have strokes in August. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, what's interesting, you you said that, and I think I told you this once that you remind me a lot of my brother and our birthdays were a week apart, but 10 years apart. 
So oh. he was my older brother. And um, yeah, so it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of I get that sharing of that like week of something, um, a milestone, you know, together. Right. That's right. You know, it's also it's an energy like a timing, I think, is also an energy, too. Like if you're born roughly around the same time, if you're um, you something happens to you roughly around the same time. Also, I think people just vibrate. And you and I, Tanya, I think we vibrate. I agree. Totally. You know, what's funny is, okay, so we met on Clubhouse, correct? Yes. Yes. All right, cool. We we both have brain injuries. You know, sometimes it's <laughs> <laughs> every single time I do an interview here, it's literally the brain injured leading the brain injured. <laughs> so um, I, I started doing, uh, you know, these Clubhouse rooms, and these Clubhouse chats, and then I started running, you know, like basically support rooms, you know, a couple times a week. And you, you know, you showed up to a couple. I don't remember if you like came into mine or we were just like in the same room at some point. And then like when we started talking, I'm like, oh, this chick's dope. <laughs> yeah, I think the more we started chatting and I remember that it was your rooms that had like just this energy about them. And then I think it was in your room was like the first time I actually kind of found my voice Mm -hmm. And I was engaging with whatever topic was being said. And I remember you um, kind of uh, brought me up to speak. And I was like, oh, like this is, you know, and it just felt natural. Like, because whatever we were talking about was something that I probably was either passionate about or had knowledge about. And when I'm passionate and knowledgeable, like my thinking is so much clearer. Um, I don't stutter. I don't look for words. So it was like one of those first times that I actually felt like, I had found my voice in public rather than being awkward. <laughs> and that always <laughs> stood out to me, you know, that you created an, an environment where I felt comfortable. Really? Honestly, that just warmed my cold, dead heart. You know, I, 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 I love that. That really, really, that, that speaks to me. That, ma that makes me feel amazing. And honestly, that's just kind of like what I want to do for like our community, because we so many of us like just feel isolated, lonely, confused misunderstood i just want to create like a place an environment exactly for that for it's like oh yeah are you a stroke or brain injury survivor looking for community and support well the neuro nerds are here to help join our hashtag you so rock facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash you so rock to connect with other survivors like you plus read other inspirational brain injury survivor stories on joe's blog at joe slash you so rock and submit your stories there as well. We want to hear them. And remember, you, you so, so rock. rock. <laughs> also, I do love kind of pushing people out of their comfort zones a little bit. You know, we need because that. I we a hundred percent need that. I think the if okay, you can literally just do the same things over and over and over again. And it's very comfortable. It's great, but you're not really growing. You know, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to push a, l a little, not a lot. Sometimes, sometimes a lot. That's like, you know, that's if you really want, but a little bit, a little bit here and there just to, to push your boundaries, just to see how far you can go. And I think that's like where real growth takes off. You mentioned, you know, um, you're a little bit more focused in when it's something that you're passionate about and you don't like have that, like the stutters. So what are your deficits post stroke? I mean, I kind of lightly joke around and say that it's, <laughs> I summarize them by saying, you know, like, Thinking hurts. Words are hard. I forget, but I still struggle with left side neglect and extinction. So I don't have any sensation from my shoulder down to my foot. Um, Shit. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. You know, it's funny because we okay, we met and we speak 
weekly now on um an all audio app so there's like no visual you right. know and it's also you're in a in a whole different part of the country it's not like we hang out like that i had no idea that you have this physical deficits yeah yeah um and people don't know because i don't have you know i can walk i have mm-hmm. i get a little shaky in my arm sometimes especially if i'm nervous like i get a little bit of a tremor um yeah. but i still have like because of the sensory issues it it um how do you say it um, has pro, I don't know, protracted. That's a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, it has made it more difficult to kind of rehabilitate like my hand, for example. So I'm still mm-hmm. wonky because I don't feel things. So I apply extra pressure. I need to use my eyes. Like if you blindfold me, I completely lose my balance. I, cause I can't really feel the floor on my left side. There's a lot of weird stuff that kind of comes from those things. And then there's an entire cognitive side to things where right. I have issues with my working memory. Um, so when you have to keep information kind of front of mind, like to use it mm-hmm. like seconds later, <laughs> like, within like the next exhale, you're like, shit, what was that? Like who said what? And I have, again, these are all fancy things, executive functioning issues. So I, um, I struggle with like keeping timelines, keeping time. Like I forget to do a lot of things. I have a schedule that I live by, but I also struggle to keep that schedule. Like it's, you know, there's a lot of cognitive stuff as well, but I think um, it's, it's a well-rounded assortment of aftermath. Right. right. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, (laughs) a a, a little bit of everything, Yeah, you know, that's like your, your, your recovery, your deficits. It's like a gumbo, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's it's like, what do they call those? Like those dishes that are like the kitchen sink where it's like all the leftovers, (laughs) you know, you know about my finger, right? No. What happened to your finger? So I fractured my finger, you know. Oh yeah. You got caught in the door, you weirdo. And I didn't know. Now. Okay. All right. So clearly. We both have brain injuries. So that's fun. <laughs> I remember when you like, you said, oh, I slammed it in the door and it was, I was like, oh, I didn't really think, oh, well it was stuck and she didn't feel it. Yeah. It, that just hit me yeah. right now. That's why I couldn't, I didn't know until I was actually moving my shoulder away from the door and I couldn't move. And I looked up, I followed Joe, I followed my shoulder up my arm to see my finger caught between like the door and in the hinge. And it still took me a second or two to recognize what was happening. And then my brain to tell the rest of my body, open the door, release the finger. So it was all like, a, a, it was all in slow motion of thinking how to get out of the situation, but none of it just happened naturally. I was just really kind of just oddly slow in my like how how amazing is that though you know what i mean like i know it's very strange but just think about like how fascinating the brain is that okay i literally had to like go down this whole chain of events to figure out that oh wow yeah my finger is caught in the door yeah it's the weirdest thing in the world that really it's it shifts the entire all of those conversations we had about you getting your finger stuck in the door yeah yeah no i'm I'm actually sort of i feel like i'm i'm lucky in a lot of ways I have a lot of introspection about what happened and I do a lot of observing of myself and kind of paying a lot of attention. So I'm very mm-hmm. tuned in, even though I'm like, even though I'm tuned out and I have no, no connection, I still <laughs> like am very aware of what's going on and I pay attention to the whys and like try to really figure things out. Right. So with, with the lack of feeling on your side, 
Has it gotten better or has it just been steadily like, oh, yeah, I don't really feel shit? It's getting better. Yay. Yeah, right? So um, I, yeah, it, it's kind of like coming in, in patches. So mm-hmm. nothing is firm. Like I definitely feel pressure. It's the lighter touch that I don't necessarily feel. So there's a fancy word that I learned that if I was like kind of like in my in my mind's eye, one day I'm going to get one of those super big tattoos across my chest with the scrolly type that says, proprioception which is oh that's that's not a word i use in in my everyday life so that's like your awareness of your body in space it's almost like Mm -hmm. the the next sense right so it's just knowing like you know oh i'm near a wall or how you like kind of can sense where you are in the universe so i lack that oh i've heard that word so many times over the last year but i really like i vibe on it so what i do and i know we're going to talk about this probably later but like i love language so mm-hmm. I, those words, those terms, I have actually, since I was in the hospital, I've written everything down that they tell me. Oh. And I, um, when I got out of the hospital, like I was like Google and I was like, Hey Google, like, tell me this. Like I was asking Google to define everything for me so I could understand it. But I, I mean, those notebooks are hysterical because I didn't know how to spell anything. I was writing, I think I know I spelled ischemic with an A for those who don't know, it starts with an I, but I just did it as, like phonetically. <laughs> so it's funny. I'm, sh- I'm sure you look back at that and you're like, was I writing in hieroglyphics? What is happening? I could barely read anything. I was writing and people were looking at me and I think they were like, wow, she's really, she's taking, you know, she's paying attention. She's taking notes. And I was like, if I showed them the paper, they'd be like, what two-year-old was scribbling in your notebook? <laughs> Thank you to our amazing community on Patreon for supporting this podcast. You can support us too and get different perks and gifts depending on which Neuro Jedi tier you sign up for. For example, if you're on our Neuro Padawan $5 tier, then you're probably listening to this episode a day early before it's public release. Your support helps us grow and continue to create this podcast. Plus, a portion of the proceeds go to a different cause or individual in the brain injury survivor community each month. Sign up at patreon.com slash the neuro nerds. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Tanya's dissenting into madness. That's really what they- <laughs> Do you, do you think that really helped you cognitively, the fact that you wrote down everything? I do. I do. I think that I needed to understand. I struggled to understand. I didn't have the memory. So if you talk to me, I wouldn't necessarily remember it. But my old way of learning was very, I was a visual learner. So when I would study and stuff, I would write things down. And that act of writing would be a memory trick for me pre-stroke. So I think as a, um, like an automatic response, like I was like, oh, I'm going to write these things and have them in a place. But I do think that it helped, it helped me in like the, you know, like those moments where you're like, how did this all come together? When I was trying to get into the acute rehab facility after, you know, like when I I was in the hospital, so I was in ICU for a week and then I was transferred to a regular floor for about a week. And that's when I had the brain bleed. So I had an encore performance in the ICU. And I know, you, you know what, if I don't laugh, like what's my you choice? Have to. You I have, have to, to. Look, have again, to... this is, this is why we get along, you know, like it's a traumatic thing. Honestly, it's the most traumatic thing. I think almost anyone in the world can have. Okay. It happens. So are we going to crumble and just be miserable the rest of our lives? No, we kind of have to like enjoy life and, and joke about it a little bit. You a know, it, bit. it, it, it helps. I think it helps us process and it keeps us in a better place. hundred percent. No, it, it's acknowledging it, but it's also kind of framing it in the greater scheme of things and the perspective. And I know your stroke was 
I forget what the term you use. Like it was some kind of like, you know, the, the, it was a much more like the rates of survival are, are, are much smaller. Tiny. Yeah. Very small. So you like threaded that needle. Right. So, but you know, again, like we all survived something that could have right. easily killed us. So I think I'm still processing that piece of it. Like we talked about that. I haven't really like kind of acknowledged it like broad scope, but I do understand that. And I do right. um, believe that. And so, yeah, I went back to the ICU Thankfully, I didn't, the, the bleeding kind of like it, 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 it stopped on its own. Um, I didn't need to have, I needed monitoring and everything else to ensure that. So I didn't need surgery, which was the fear, but I like, I lost my train of thought. Uh, let's see. <laughs> if I only knew what that felt like, Tanya. Oh, I know. I, mean, I was like, wait, I had a train. It moved. Okay. So acute rehab. So I got actually my insurance um, didn't immediately approve me for that. And oh, I needed <laughs> to have someone advocate for me. And I mm -hmm. looked through that crazy notebook of nonsense. And when I was in ICU, like a couple of days in, um, and it took me at least two days, if not three, to be able to lift my arm again. Like I was not able Ooh. to move my, my arm or anything. And it took me... Um, I think it wasn't until like four or five days where I could actually like, I was working on like just being able to like open my hand and all of that. Right. I was visited by a doctor whose name I wrote down and um, Dr. Which we probably need to edit out. So <laughs> I was visited by a doctor <laughs> and his job title, the type of doctor he was, is a physiatrist. And I, right. I, I don't never, even know what that is. Is he like a physical podiatrist? That, like, I don't know what that means. That's how I remember how to pronounce it. That's exactly <laughs> how I, because it reminds me if you ever watched I Love Lucy. Of course. So, oh, um, Tanya, hello, it's I Love Lucy. Of course I watched it. So um, at one point, Lucy needs to see a psychiatrist, but Ricky can't pronounce that. So he says like a physiatrist, like he says it in some crazy way. And when I, when I heard the word physiatrist, I'm like, it's like Ricky Ricardo. It's like whatever he says. So when he came in, did you say you've got some explaining to do? <laughs> I feel like I could have said that to almost everybody who walked into my room. But um, his job, that, that type of doctor is a physical um, rehabilitation doctor. Okay. I put two and two together and I was like, this is the guy who needs to advocate for me. Oh, um, okay. Oh, wow. wow. And he was one of that. He not he particularly that doctor, that type of doctor was one of the first things I looked for to have lined up when I got out of the hospital and I was coming back to New York. I wanted to make sure I had a good physiatrist who would be guiding my physical rehabilitation through the stroke recovery. And I have a great doctor whom I love. And, and it's an important, I think it's an important part of your care team mm -hmm. oh a hundred percent also there has to be a better name for that there has it's too close to podiatrists <laughs> and podiatrists kind of get like the shit end of the stick when it comes to like doctors it's like oh the foot doctor you know what i mean so like yep. there's gotta be because uh like oh well like your fit like there's <laughs> there's gotta be a better name you know what talk to your talk to your physiatrist and say hey you just call yourself something else <laughs> you'd be taking funny. much much more seriously um you know so it uh, Okay, so with your balance now, is it better like if you close your eyes? Oh no. No, oh, no, 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 that's no. Funny. It's not funny. I need a focal <laughs> point. So one of the things that we did early on was um to work on improving my balance. Um they mm -hmm. took away three senses. They took away the sensation 
of, um, let me get this right. They took away the floor. So they put me on one of those blue cushions. Like it's like a big blue foam cushion, probably like an inch and a half to two inches thick. So basically Mm -hmm. you don't have the firmness of the floor anymore. Right. Then they had me took away something else. They, They definitely, the last thing they had to do, had me do was close my eyes. Um, and basically that renders you like helpless. <laughs> oh no I, no, I understand. Yeah. When it comes to closing the eyes, that's when I realized I was like, oh shit, I have a brain injury because I was kind of like physically, I was working my way back and I, I was Tanya. When I say I was like, like I was doing it, <laughs> my, I was doing bear crawls. I was balancing on one leg on the bonzu ball, wow. you know, the half, yeah, yeah. the half bonzu ball. I was in the, and I was like, man, I'm killing this recovery. This is like a few months, maybe, maybe close to a year afterwards. And then I was like, man, come on, physical therapist, give it to me. And he was like, all right, now do this. Close your eyes. I fell down. Like I fell down. Like I, I was, I didn't realize how impacted I was physically with my brain. I know that sounds weird. Yeah. No, like, I, get I didn't you. realize. Yeah. Yeah. See, like you, you, you get it. Like, I didn't know my brain was that impacted afterwards. Cause ev- I was doing everything. I was, I was, I was walking straight. I was jumping, I was running. But as soon as I closed my eyes, I would literally not even shift. I would fall like a, like a sack of potatoes. Wow. Like I, I would just fall down. That took about, I think maybe about a year and a half, two years before I was like, Oh, okay, cool. I can still, I'll close my eyes and I'll get like a little sway. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't fall down anymore. So I was just curious where you were. I don't fall down. Um, mm-hmm. Although, you know what? I haven't probably kept my eyes closed long enough. I think when I took, I was in my Tai Chi class. So I'm taking a Tai Chi for balance class and it's me and like <laughs> a gray haired crowd of people. They definitely <laughs> probably think I'm like, you know, like the Seinfeld, like Kramer of the playground. I'm like the young buck, right? In the, in the Tai Chi class. And my balance is probably a little bit better, but like cognitively I'm all over the place. So I'm not necessarily like all in on the form but uh, it's a, they have chairs available. Mm-hmm. So if you're, you know, if you have, depending on what how much your your balance is challenged, you can have a chair for support. And um, it was like my first class, I think, and I didn't have a chair. And it's like, you know, I always try to see if I can do something, right? I want right. to like try it and see if I can do it. I'm also on like, a, like, I mean, God forbid, knock on wood, I'm like zero falls in like 365 plus days. Um, I have like, they put the fear of God in me and getting out of the hospital. I was like, you will not fall. You will not hit your head. You will be safe. And that, (laughs) you know, in and of itself caused me to be a super cautious person, which also limited my movement because I was like thinking about everything before I moved. Right. Right. And then my thinking is slow. So I was like, you know, you can see me like my, my, my PT was like, okay, I can see you planning how you're going to get from here to that chair. I just need you to walk, just walk, just free yourself from the thinking and just move. I, I am left right <laughs> heel yeah. toe right. It was <laughs> this is all, how people walk it was like the little like you know the little wheels were turning but in that tai chi class i we were taking tranquil breaths and for me tranquil breaths are like a real nice meditative moment i closed my eyes and i felt a chair appear next to me because i must have started to like look like timber and they were just <laughs> covering their bases but um yeah that was kind of one of those sad moments where i was like oh i guess i can't do tranquil breaths standing up with my eyes closed wow now when stuff like that happens cuz you're so really really early in your recovery like i know you're it's been a year no 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 that's super early um, do you feel defeated in those moments or do you see it as like, okay, that's a challenge that I, I need to meet? 
I, I very, I mean, like, I'm not gonna say I don't really feel defeated ever. Like I definitely have moments and I probably like have some sort of like survival mechanism where I park that shit to the side and then I deal with it, (laughs) you know, eventually. But um, no, I mean, for that specifically, I just was, it was awareness because again, I'm on like, you know, like my goal is zero falling. And it made me focus on like understanding, really looking at my balance, which I thought I had actually done a pretty good job of coming back to. And it made Mm -hmm. me aware that, you know what, I'm still not like a hundred percent right in my balance. So I just chose to focus on that and then, and not need the chair. Right. So like, okay, like it's like, um, like the, the over under, like, do I need to close my eyes or can I just like work to improve my core and my balance and keep my eyes open? So like, and not need the chair. So I rather just kind of like focus on improving and maybe eventually, you know, I'll be able to, you know, stand still with my eyes closed. Of 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 course you will. Yeah. I mean, they say that sometimes like, depending on how you're made, that some people can never do that. That's just not how their balance works. Like they just are never able, which I think is so sad for them because I love being like, my favorite thing in the world is being at a like live music and I always dance with my eyes closed. So I'm kind of sad that that's not my reality. Like, so my goal would definitely be to um, exist in a world where I can like sway to music with my eyes closed and not wake up looking up at people. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Is that an ambulance sound? What is that? That's so strange. What's Nothing the commotion? To see oh, here. Yeah. Nothing to see here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, up, I'm on my back staring at the roof. This is crazy. <laughs> so cognitively, how have you recovered? How have I recovered? Yeah. Are, are, what would you say? You're like, okay, my trajectory is good. I Mostly I'm pretty good. I still lose words. I still get lost. Or is it like, you know, uh, by the way, I am horrible. <laughs> I'll preface by saying I'm really lucky to have very good insurance. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that's a reality when I've, you know, I'm, I'm privileged that way. And I, and I realize that in talking to people. So I get, I've had very good services to support my recovery. And one of those is um, cognitive remediation. So it's another phrase I don't use in my day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. So I go to a, after I had, so I did an evaluation where they kind of Mm -hmm. like do all this testing to see where you are, like in terms of uh, your cognitive ability and what potentially impact there is. So I have a mild cognitive deficit. And one of the things that that person, it was a neuro psychologist or something like that. Um, the direction she threw me into was to have this remediation. And then they look at the places where your um, test scores were and they offer you kind of like, um, it's not therapy. It's kind of like it's thinking therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, so like ways to improve your memory, um, strategies for the impairments because you can't really fix it. Like you can train your brain, right? So I guess that's how I would say it is like, you know, we're all making new neuro connections, right? Once you've had a stroke, Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the, I think the toughest things that I I had to kind of deal with was this concept that there's this part of my brain that's dead, right? So there's this Mm -hmm. like big dead piece in my head (laughs) that like doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, well, it's there, but it's not doing anything. And I, I really tried to rationalize in the hospital. I was like, so when they were talking about neuro connections, I'm like, so they rewire through that area. They're like, no, that area is dead. And I'm like, gone. Yeah, yeah. right. And it's like, what do you mean? Like this thing in my noggin is useless. It's basically like, like, I, I really didn't understand it. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. 
And they're like, no, you know, the, it fires around it. And it kind of like has to make like all of this new like work. And I think that um, with like the cognitive remediation, it's, it's strategies, but as you're doing that, it's kind of like building like your endurance. So it's building up new ways of processing information because you're learning these mm-hmm. strategies for things that you used to do naturally. So it's kind of right. has to create transparency around thinking. It's really interesting. Back to what you said, it's like super fascinating that like you can even pick it apart that way and relearn how to think. Are you finding it hard to recover at home after stroke? Find out if Modus Nova can help you by taking their free online assessment at modusnova.com slash the neuronerds. If you haven't heard of Modus Nova, they make devices to help folks with a brain injury like stroke regain the use of their affected limbs. For example, the Modus Hand is an AI-powered robotic exoskeleton that helps users do exercises and play games, similar to the way an occupational or a physical therapist might manipulate the limb. It helps survivors get in the thousands of repetitions they need to form new neural pathways. It can assist with hand movements or resist them to provide a personalized exercise experience. If this sounds like something you want to try, visit modusnova.com slash the neuronerds to learn more. Use special code the neuronerds when you sign up and get a month free with the 30-day challenge. Just visit modusnova.com slash the neuronerds to get started. I'll tell you what's really cool. Just uh, in saying all of that, you really do have good insurance. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. Like, you know, but I'm also like, I'm cheap. So I, so you can tell me that. You know, you can say frugal. Okay. I'm frugal. Now I feel like I'm cheap. Like I, if you tell me to go to, like, I will never like, I, you know, if I have to go to the, like a doctor that people are like, oh no, this is the best doctor. This is the best doctor. First thing I do is check my insurance and see if they're in network you know? <laughs> right. And then if they are, I'm feel blessed. And if they're not, then I'm like, who's like this guy? Who's close yeah. to being is, like this guy? Is there, <laughs> is there a second best doctor? <laughs> so I had to look hard, you know, and, and that's the thing for some of the services, I've got to hustle and find someone and it's not, and maybe it's not nearby. Maybe mm-hmm. I have to travel, maybe I have to do other things, but I'm like, you know, I'm, I, I want to get the most, the, rec- I think the cost of recovery is so overwhelming that if I don't take advantage of the fact that I have insurance and try to connect to providers, I can't imagine, you know, I mean, I was, I was on, I was going to say maternity, totally not on maternity for like 21 years. (laughs) I was on disability for, um, for six months. Like I was Mm -hmm. actually out of work recovering for, for, for about six months. So I, 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 I needed to make sure that I could use what money I had for my recovery kind of like as intelligently as possible. For sure. For sure. And, you know, searching for the doctors and doing all that stuff, that's like great for, to, you know, help reconnect those neurons, you know, to, to uh, um, help re- rebuild those. Also in knowing all this stuff and hearing all of these things about your brain and them explaining it to you, it should help a little bit. Like when you're like, why in the actual fuck, why am I so tired? Mm. Why am I so, I didn't do anything. I did nothing. And I'm so tired. Yeah. Because there's a chunk in your brain, not your head, your brain that just, it's not, it's, it's, it's dead. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it like, there's a bunch of workarounds that you have to do inside your own brain. It's exhausting to like put toothpaste on your toothbrush and brush your teeth. Sometimes that will lead to a six hour nap. Yeah. You know, 
especially early in recovery. What was it helpful? Like hearing all that stuff about your brain and then did it help? Oh, 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 that's why I'm so exhausted. Or did you still beat yourself up for being so tired all the time? No, I've actually never, I've never felt that it was wrong to nap. Um, I think it's hard to explain to other people. My daughter had a couple of concussions. So I knew for her the importance of resting and stuff like that. So, and she was actually the first person to, um, when I was in ICU and stuff, she was that point person of communication. And she told people respectfully, she was like, don't, don't, please don't try to get in touch with her. I'm not giving her phones. Like she's not allowed to have the devices. And, you know, she was keeping in touch with people. She's only 19 at the time. Right. So, but she had been through the protocol with me taking her devices and saying, Hey, screen time isn't good for you while your brain's recovering and all of that. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so, so one thing that happened early on in the re the acute rehab that I was in, they provided us with this very great graphic that actually helped me understand, but then it also helped me communicate with others. And it had like a pie chart and it talked Mm -hmm. about the, and it was, I think it was called energy allocation. So how much energy is allocated towards like thinking towards whatever else goes on in your brain, (laughs) all the other things that your brain does. (laughs) But I think what's, what's significant and stood out to me, obviously, since I can't remember the rest is there's this pie chunk that was labeled reserves Mm -hmm. and that reserves was like, kind of like when, you know, you've got a deadline and you've got to kick in and you've got to just give it a little bit of extra effort and you just push through and you make it. And then on the other side of the page, was like the energy allocation for somebody um, recovering from stroke. Um, And there were no reserves in the chart. Um, The thinking pie chart piece got much bigger because it takes a lot more effort. And then there's this new piece of the pie that shows up, which is healing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really, um, you know, really for me fostered, uh, I think you use this term a lot, that understanding that I needed to give myself some grace. And if my body called for rest, and honestly, at this point, I think in my recovery, mostly it's my brain that calls for rest, less my body. And if you don't have a brain injury, you might not understand that, but it's, there is physically being tired. And then there is mental fatigue. And that mental fatigue can be more debilitating than physical tired because it shuts you down like physically and mentally. Yeah. You, cause you, you can't process anything. You can't, the, the information that comes in, it could be one or two things. It comes in so fast and so loudly and so large that you can't make any sense of it. And it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, it honestly, it just doesn't make any sense. Somebody said something that really stuck with me um, about the fatigue. There's a difference between being tired and being like having neuro fatigue. When you have neuro fatigue, like when you're tired, you rest, you take a nap and you're fine, right? You, you, I'm re, I'm have some coffee and you maybe I'm do some yoga <laughs> and now I'm re-energized. When you have neuro fatigue, you can sleep honestly. And I really mean this, especially early in recovery, you can sleep for days. You can sleep for the majority of your days and still wake up exactly feeling the same amount of exha- exhaustion. Like 100%. it doesn't make any sense. You can't understand what this is like unless you've been through it. This is like why we like brain injury survivors, why we all get along. Like we, we get it. So when you're saying I'm tired, like, oh, okay, I'm fatigued. I'm struggling processing or even, you know, I've lost my words. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like I get that. I, I can't just be like, oh, just, just rest. You'll be fine. It doesn't work that way. Like it just, it doesn't, you know? 
Um, have you found it difficult to like explain this to your friends, family, and you know, people around you, the bunch of the normies that you have to deal with? So it's interesting because most of the people I'm around are you freaks on clubhouse. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think timing wise, you know, my stroke happened in August, mm-hmm. uh, uh, August of COVID specifically. Oh, wow. So um, we had gone out to Colorado in July because um, things, the dust had finally really started to settle. You know, mm-hmm. in New York, things were terrible, right? Like, um, oh, yeah. and the the place where they kind of trace that initial big surge of COVID cases in New York is like 10 minutes from my house. Like it's in the next, oh, like a few towns sh- over. So I was pretty much like, and I, I mean, I don't know why. I actually didn't mind the isolation. <laughs> I was like kind of okay, but we were home full time. And in July, things had finally kind of seemed like they were settling out in Colorado, which is where my daughter is. Mm-hmm. The cases actually at that point, it had never really reached any kind of frenzy. Um, they mm-hmm. had some minor shutdowns, but it wasn't so bad. And we really had, I hadn't seen her since December of 2019. Oh, so we decided to drive out and visit her. So that's where I was when I had the stroke. So, you know, the hospital, thankfully, was pretty much, um, I, I see it was pretty mellow. Like there were really, there were no COVID patients. It was very quiet, but I didn't, coming out of the hospital, I didn't have a lot of engagement with people. So really the only people that I've been around mostly is family. And I think that like for my parents, they're older. My dad is, my dad was also my almost like, I would say at least practically full-time chauffeur is 83. And my mom is about to be 80. They, they suffer the most through it because they don't understand it. Like they don't, you know, they, they kind of applied their, their thinking to the situation. So Rob, who is my significant other, he has been through all of this. He was in the hospital at the hospital with me. He gets like the energy allocation model. We explained it to my parents, but like kind of, you know, as time progresses and I think that they have that hope that I'll be fine. So Mm -hmm. when they see those moments where I have a lot of clarity and focus and I have a lot of ability, um, it outshines the disability, which is nice, you know, like that's not a bad thing. But then when I'm trying to explain to them that the way that they're talking to me or explaining something to me is too much, like it's overloading me. And it's kind of one of those things just like, like the way I look at it is kind of like when you're pouring something like fizzy into a cup. And you misjudge the speed at which you're pouring and the fizziness that's coming up from the bottom and it's about to overflow. That's how my head feels. But then it builds this anxiety because I'm trying to stop it from overflowing. And yeah. then I get super short. So I feel like that's where probably the most tension lies is like when you're feeling like that. Like I know that one more drop of conversation is going to make me have to go downstairs and wrap my head in a blanket. And you're trying right. to avoid that. And um, so, so yeah, wow. it, I think that that's, that's definitely the toughest thing. I think we all, I think anybody who has a, and, and I learned this term when I was doing a training, a non-visible disability instead of invisible. Yeah. I think, um, you know, like it's, it's, I think it's very difficult for people to really kind of long-term remember that you have like kind of this issue and it's kind of a burden to have to constantly remind others that like, Hey, remember my thinking sucks, you know, like nobody wants to run around announcing that shit. Right. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, I, I love that analogy with, you know, like, yeah, you got some, some carbonated water. Yeah. It's going to overflow if you pour it too fast. Like I, I love that. I'm going to steal that at some point, by the way, 
Go for it. <laughs> that that's that's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's 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 really hard too because you're trying to be. I don't do quote fingers here. You're trying to be normal again, right? And you can feel as much of the old version of you as possible. Like, oh yeah, this is this the old me, and it's it's great. It, it could be hours. It could be days. But like sometimes it, it'll it'll dip and then it's like, oh, yeah, the reality of a brain injury kicks in. I can't process anything you're saying at any speed. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand that. Like they, it's it's and I understand. I get it. I get it. You look here's the here's the downside. But you look so normal. I know. I'm going to make T-shirts. Ugh. I'm going to make T-shirts. So if anybody wants to get in touch with me, if they want one that say I present well. <laughs> I, I think we all do for the most part, yeah. you know, almost yeah. every single brain injury survivor out there is going through significantly worse shit than they're showing. 100%. Like really. It, have you, <laughs> we're roughly the same age. So you've seen Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they opened the Ark of the Covenant and like all the Nazis face melted? Mm-hmm. That's literally, if you guys would see what our brains go through, it's the Ark of the Covenant. So <laughs> if we could show you what it is, your faces would melt. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. No. Like, I, I, I really don't. You, you really have no idea what flooding is for us. You know, I, I love that term. Flooding is when too much information is coming your way. Now, too much information, sometimes you think, oh, like 50 people are talking at the same time. No, sometimes it could literally be the television on. Yes. The television is on and someone's having a conversation with you. You, you feel flooded with information. It's just too much coming in and it feels like your head's going to explode. It feels like you're, you're literally just, it, it, I, I can't even explain it, but you know what it feels like. Oh, this is why I love talking to people in our community because we get it. 100%. No, it's everything. It's everything around you. It's the, 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 the shadow cast on the ceiling by ceiling fans. Ceiling fans are the devil's work. Okay. The visuals. Yes for, yes. for me, it's not necessarily that it's so when driving the motion actually doesn't mess with me. It, it, I'm, I feel blessed that that way. It really doesn't mess with me too much. The lights do. Yes. The, the lights really, really throw me off, you know, and then the lights and the, the motion by itself. It's fine. Like during the day, things going by, it's like whatever. At night, the cars and the lights going by, it really fucks with my head. Like it's it's. I, I can't explain it, but I get that flooding. I get yeah. that sensation of like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is too much. I got to pull over. So come to dinner, Sunday dinner, and mm-hmm. my mom, I love my family. So if they ever hear this, know that I love you and I appreciate you. <laughs> this is all just an example for people to understand what Joe's talking about. So, you know, my brother has like, he, he's super hydrated, right? He drinks a lot of water, which is amazing. He fidgets with the straw on his cup, like it's a metal cup. So then my dad has a tendency to tap his fork, like while we're sitting there waiting to like whatever oh, against the counter. And then my yeah. mom likes to swing her foot and kind of kick the counter. I'm there like in like fight or flight, right? I'm panicking yeah. and I'm trying so hard. And I'm like, I can do this. Like, right. I'm like, it's okay. Today's a day where I'm not going to be like, these are not challenges, right? Like. I'm going to be able to like handle this. And then I get that desperate reach out to the cop and I'm like, please stop. You know, it's like, and it's this crazy voice that comes out. That's like just begging for quiet. And like, and this is like, I mean, all kidding aside, like that's just kind of like what Sunday dinner is like, but all kidding aside, when I was out most recently with my daughter, we had a huge communication problem. We had a very Mm -hmm. 
serious problem. Um, it was probably the scariest thing I think I've ever experienced because um, I became a single mom when she was about five. I, I, I separated from her dad and um, we are ride or die. We are best friends. Um, we never went through any of like the crazy teenage stuff. She's always been my partner. I've always been oh, wow. age appropriate, transparent with her. So she knows like we work together. That's how we get through right. things. And this was the first time that I ever had this like angst with her. And it was, um, I think her first time really spending time with me after the stroke. Like I lived with her for a month after be coming out of the hospital before I came back to New York. But, you know, I've done a lot of recovering and again, I present well. So this was her first time kind of like, this is what mom is like, you know, and okay. there are a lot of struggles that, you know, aren't clear unless you're living with a person. And it was terrible. I mean, we came back, we actually um, had to do ther family therapy together, like, like um, oh, wow. virtually. Good and on you though. I, I couldn't live without her being like, I couldn't live with her, like the angst of our, of a turmoil between us. It wasn't like anything that felt good in my heart or it just was like priority. Number one, it would have taken priority over everything. Um, truthfully, like recovery, everything. Like I had to fix that. And as we were talking and we were reflecting on like, you know, we don't have these communication problems when I'm in New York. It's when we were face to face. Right. And the more I was listening to her and the therapist was talking and I'm, you know, it kind of really dawned on me that when I'm home here and I'm talking to her and I can talk to her like five times a day, like we talk a lot. We're in like a lot of communication. Everything is good, but right. I'm in my space and I don't have background noise. I don't have the TV right. on in the, like in you, the other room. You have the comfort, the comfort of your, your own area. Everything is like, controlled. it's what you're used to. It's, controlled, it's controlled, controlled. It's I love that. Yeah. Yep. So quiet, controlled, peaceful. So I can focus on her, but there it was like the TV was always on and the dogs and there was this and there was everything. And, and I, and I said to her, I was like, the only, and when, whenever we, the only place that we could resolve the issue when I was there mm -hmm. with her was when I had walked away from the situation because I was just, it was too much. I went into my room and we separated for a short while. And then she would come talk to me in that space, which was quiet. Oh, right. And I'm sure you were able to communicate significantly better. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's where we were able to resolve things, but it wasn't like, you know, overall resolved. It was just kind of in that moment, that triage of that thing that happened. So right. when we were talking about it and I said, Maya, think about where we um, were able to kind of like come back together. It was always in the guest room. Like I, yeah. it was always like where all this other stuff wasn't happening. So it was like kind of mental note next time I'm out there, like, you know, that t like if we're having to talk about something, TV needs to be off. Like we can't right. have all this other stuff happening because like it, it just, it, 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 it it's, it's, it's not good for us. It's, <laughs> it's really it, not good for our brains. No, it's damaging. It's like really detrimental. You know, it, it, is she more understanding now? Like after the fact, is she like, Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. Or is it still like a work in progress? Nope. No, nope. we, we, it really kind of like, it really just helped kind of her understand. Cause I think she was feeling like I wasn't able to give her attention and focus, which I wasn't. Right. She wasn't wrong. It was just kind of right. like the why and having her understand right, right. The, why. The, there's, a, there's a reason behind it. It's not that you don't want to. Yeah. And it's not that you're not capable. It's just you have to rework the way you guys do things. You yeah. know, you guys are figuring it out. It's it's not starting from scratch. It's just slowly adapting and adjusting the things that, you know, you're doing. Like, I think it's in recovery and relationships, physically at work, we all can do 
similar things. I mean, we might not be able to do everything that we used to, but the things that we can, we just have to do them slightly differently, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, communication. I have to communicate differently. I have to, the way that I learn things. So I used to be able to like listen to a song and if it spoke to me, I would know 80% of the lyrics after the first time I heard it. Now I have to remember songs like regular ass people. Like I have to listen to it over and over again. I've written it down sometimes with my occupational therapist to help me retain the information. I'm still doing it just differently. Um, You mentioned when you were at your, your, your family dinner, one of those things would drive me fucking crazy. (laughs) One of those things. And you have three things going on at the same time on top of a conversation going on, which I'm sure it's not one person talking and everybody listening. I'm sure it's several conversations. That's, that is the definition of flooding. That's yeah. too much information going on. And especially if you had a fan on and the light is going around on top of the fact that three separate noises are happening, several different conversations and voices on top of that, it's dinner. There are scents in the air, you know, food could be a trigger. All of these things. I am so anxious right now. <laughs> You're getting closer to the microphone. I see it building in you and it's like... But isn't that interesting, though, because as we hear other people describe situations, we like I get that way, too. Like, I'm like, okay, I got to Like, I have to go. And we're just talking about stuff like, right. It makes us like it's a weird trigger, even just hearing other people's experiences, because we know what would happen to us there. We we know that we would be like so uncomfortable and and they're not big things. And I think I read somewhere. I don't I won't remember where or what the quote was exactly. But it was kind of this idea of like, you know, people think, oh, it's just a noise mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not noise. It is like it, it, it occupies it. it, it it's like that distraction, that constant, like whatever it is, if it's tapping or what have you, that repetitive noise actually is like siphoning someone's ability. It's taking away your energy. It's definitely impacting your focus. And it it can happen to anyone, but it's like compounded, like astronomically for somebody with a brain injury. Yeah, it can happen to anybody. But if it happens to somebody with a brain injury, the the impact is significantly stronger. Like it's it's like I said, if your family's listening, one of those things, (laughs) one of those things could set off like an entire like panic attack. It could set off. Um, flood, flood. I could feel flooded with just tapping of yeah. um something on a metal cup, right? Wow. Like just that would drive me crazy. Sometimes it could be a sense. There's a scent in the air on top of like somebody else talking. Conflicting noises kind of mess with my head. So like mm-hmm. if the TV's on and we're having a conversation, I can't do it. Yeah, I, I can't do it. So I understand like what what you're saying. All of those things together is just it's a recipe for disaster so family be kind to tanya (laughs) (laughs) it's a lot and this is coming from you know me (laughs) they don't know who i am (laughs) but i i have had the pleasure of speaking to literally hundreds of stroke survivors from around the world and this is a very common thing with one extra noise let alone several basically tanya you're kind of a superhero when it comes to dealing with excess noise like you're it's a miracle that you're able to do that on a consistent basis without attacking your family well it's kind of like there's i wish like i'll do a like i'll I'll definitely maybe next time maybe i'll do like a um what do you call that like the time lapse video of and you'll just watch me lunge at people because i do lunge for my brother's cup because i'm like i'm using my (laughs) words as well but i feel like sometimes i want to just remove it from like being in existence and Mm -hmm. is it is it your older or younger brother older 
I'm the youngest. Older? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you, you could be a brat. You could just slap it out of his <laughs> hand. He's like, yeah, I don't want that. I don't like that. This like, is what I'm doing. Like that commercial with the basketball player that just like slaps things down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You could be like the Kemi Matumbo. Yeah. Not in my house. <laughs> Not in my brain injured home. <laughs> that is amazing. Also, what, what, just a, a, for, for a second to go back to what you did with your daughter. Great job of momming. Thank you. You know, like really, like it's first off with any relationship, it's really important that you guys take steps into if it's a relationship that matters and means something to you, both sides have to agree to fix it. It can't just be one side. If it's just one side, it's going to fail. It, it might not fail immediately, but at some point it's going to fail. So the fact that both of you guys came together and, and rectified that issue, great job of momming and great job of momming by yourself since she was five. That's amazing. Also, the fact that you have a, a, a 20, 21. Yep. 21 year old daughter blows my mind because there's no way that you can have a 21 year old daughter. It just blows my mind. It really does. You are Cuban. So clearly you age better than normal people. (laughs) (laughs) I I won't disagree with that. Uh, I oftentimes will say it's funny because sometimes I get, I I mean, thank you. I feel very like, you know, I, you know, I, I, I have good skin. Like I definitely have good skin, but, um, but yeah, I, I think that age, like what do people say? Age is a construct. Like I do feel like, you know, <laughs> I'll say things like prior to the stroke and stuff, I'd say to Rob that um, based on whatever I was doing, feeling or whatever, I'm like, oh, I'm old. He's like, you're not old. And I have that in my mind, like where, you know, really it is about how you approach life and how you approach things. It, and hundred um, and I'm, I'm proud. I'm proud to be 48. You know, I don't have a problem with that. Joe, you were super kind earlier when we were talking before this saying, you know, you know, it's not polite to ask. And like, I, I, and I get that. And I think that it's all within, you know, kind of like the rapport you have with somebody and all of that. 100%. And whether it's like, you know, like just nosy, curious questions or, you know, in our case, we we're talking about stuff, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited for like the next part of my life. You know, I think that. Damn right. Look, we, look, you have a second chance, Tanya. That's what it is. Yeah. This you're excited for your second life. Yeah. Because yeah. you started over. I'm not saying you started over, but look, you have a new appreciation for like what life is because you came this close to not being here. Yeah. Right. That's something to be excited about. That's something to be like jazzed about. Right. It's, and it's like, yeah, what am I going to do with the second opportunity? You know, I'm going to slap <laughs> a metal can out of my brother's <laughs> hand because it's driving me crazy. Yeah. No, it's about <laughs> living, you know, it is It's living your best life. I think Everyone should be looking to live their best life, you know, regardless of whether it's their encore performance or what have you. That's what we should all be striving for is, you know, doing the things that make us happy, doing the things that are meaningful and really like understanding, like having the perspective of what's important, who's important. I think one of the biggest things, and this has nothing to do with my, my stroke, but like I... I I firmly feel that not to say like not living with a regret, which I think is very like broad, but like tell the people who are important to you that they're important. Let them know that like all the time, like, you know, don't hold that in. Like there's no reason to like, I, I think I will say after the stroke, I mean, I'm more, even more like, like loving. I'm more like just open to just saying it, like just more randomly, just like letting people know on the spot. I appreciate you. I use that a lot. I try to tell people that that. a lot. I love that. I I have a thing where I'm like, tell your friends you love them, you know, make it weird. Really? Like go out of your way to say it because you never really know what's going to happen. You know, sometimes there's like literally no lead in 
to your brain injury. And even worse, some other tragedy out there. So like we have the time now. We as brain injury survivors, we know how precious time is. So, you know, your people love your people. And your people who are like, I don't really like that person. Stop hanging out with them. There's no reason to waste any time hanging out with these people that make your life miserable. Uh, Side side note, you know, of course, I'm the neuro nerd. So I will ask your nerd. But before then, I want to talk about like, look, we kind of created. So if you guys don't know this or not, Tanya, myself and Michael Shutt are part of the Illuminati. So we have um, we've actually become like homies. Like, uh, you know, uh, it's. I like to think that everybody in the brain injury community, like we're all family and friends, right? But obviously you're drawn towards certain people a little bit more so. And I think you and I vibe uh, on a different level. And Michael and I, Michael's one of my dearest, closest friends. Like I, I just love the guy to death. And we have like a little text thread of us three and it's called the Illuminati. And it's just, I, I just wanted to say how much I appreciate that like little triad, this like three-way thread because it's so nice you know it's so nice because both of you guys are both obviously like you guys are my people but you're also very kind sweet amazing people and every single time a message comes through in the illuminati thread (laughs) it's always like a joy it's like oh it's excitement it's excitement it's something to look forward to it's like ooh. I wonder what's going on, you know, and sometimes it's just like, hey, how you guys doing? You know, and, and sometimes, like, hey, I just did this amazing thing. It's like, oh, shit. And it's a, and I suggest and I hope and I use my, one of my favorite words. I implore. Right. Nice. Love that word. I implore all of you guys to do that. Find your people, find your group, find your create one with people who, who are like minded, who you vibe like on the same level with and, and do that, you know. I love what you said. Yeah. Like, don't waste any time. Tell your people that you love them. Tell your people you appreciate them because I appreciate and I I love all you guys. Tanya, we just met recently. I appreciate and love the fuck out of you. Like, sincerely, I do. And every once in a while, there will be like a message. I say, hey, what's up, motherfuckers? It's just like one of my favorite, (laughs) my favorite thing, favorite things to put in a a message group. Um, I I have, you know, I I adore the Illuminati, (laughs) but that group, like it it really, you know, it's. I look forward to those messages and my people. Um, I, ha- I realized that like my other triad, I have the M's three M <laughs> my, my M Emily uh, uh, from live intentionally is, is one of my, my closest friends, Mimi, my sweet Mimi Hayes, one of my closest friends, Mackenzie, all M's who knew nice. I had. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, just, I love this many uh, M's in the world. Like I just, I, I love that. We, I don't want to say we're on borrowed time. Cause we're not, you know, we have this second chance. So, why would we waste it not telling people what we truly felt? So tell your people you appreciate them. Tell your people you love them. And the people that you don't, tell them. Fuck right off. No, be nicer. <laughs> but maybe distance yourself from those people that don't make you feel amazing. And, you know, it's at this point of the show, Tanya, that I do say we are the neuro nerds over here. Yeah. So me, myself, you can see on my shirt, Star Wars nerd. I have tattoos. Star Wars. Oh, wait, let me move. The big giant poster of Django Fett in the background. <laughs> nice. Huge. Star Wars, Marvel nerd, gamer nerd. Those that's those are some of my nerdums. What's your nerdum? So I thought about this because I was like, what is nerdum? Like, so I was like, so I think the reason, so here's, I think this tells you what my nerdum is because then I looked it up in a dictionary. <laughs> that so, is pretty nerdy. <laughs> so I, I, I'll, 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 I'll take a step back and I'll say office supplies are definitely a nerdum, but I don't want to go down that path right now. I'm not going to go there. That's why I love Michael because he understands me. Okay. So oh my God. yes, office supplies. <laughs> Just to Wait, everybody. So 
So when I said with the the three M's, like Emily, M, uh, Mimi, and Mackenzie, when I said three M, did you think immediately post it? Yes, motherfucker, yes. (laughs) I absolutely, 100%. Please, yeah. So I worked at Staples um, when I was in college. And it, obviously I have like some level of like, I don't know if I would say it was PTSD, but I definitely was like, I drank the Kool-Aid and I understand that there is like the right tool for the job. So we'll just leave it there. But um, I love pens. I'm a pen geek. Um, I, I, I really pay attention to how inky it is and the flow and how it is on different paper. So that's just for another time. Michael and I can both come on and we'll talk about office supplies. You know you. what? I think we're, we're going to make that happen. <laughs> Honestly, I really feel like with that kind of, it needs to be a thing. It's going to be like an office tutorial. We can talk about organization as like a thread. Like where, how do you hey, help? Don't even get me started on the container store. I love that place too. But anyhow, <laughs> so, so I would say like, if I was going to like talk to you about my nerdum and I think it's come out a little bit here is language. I think one of the things that I remember hearing from the speech therapist, and I think, again, it goes to that whole presenting well thing, is that she commented on my, I have a very like deep, rich vocabulary. So I struggle finding a basic word, but then I come up with a really like quality, quote unquote, air Mm -hmm. quotes, word. (laughs) So it's like, I come up with a more complicated term and I'm right as to what it means, but I could have said something a lot more basic like more direct language, but my brain is like struggling with that. But somehow I, I still tap into having vocabulary. And I, I come from a background in educational publishing. So I, that's my been my career for 21 years. And understanding how learning happens and the process of learning has also, I think, been a really big strength for me. But yes, my nerdum is dictionaries and language. Mm-hmm. Um, I can evidence this to you. I don't have tattoos. I, it's not that bad <laughs> um, or a poster behind me, but I can tell you that once upon a time, you know, I will not deny being guilty of putting dictionaries in birthday goodie bags for my daughter. Oh my <laughs> Lord. I, I gotta tell you, that is a form of abuse. <laughs> that's that's like on we're really close we're we're still in october that's like on halloween going to get candy and somebody gives you a toothbrush yeah that's that's almost as bad as going to get candy and they give you raisins it's not candy but her friends look at them they're all in like at syracuse and all these great schools i mean they're good kids they you know they great for their future you ruin their childhoods (laughs) (laughs) their lives are amazing but their childhoods were shits because you gave them dictionaries. <laughs> I I will reach, I will say to anyone who is listening, if you want to give a quality gift, I mean, I know now there's a whole thing about like dictionaries online, but I can get into a whole reason why they're not good. But anyhow, so, and that's a question. Do you say any way or anyhow? Uh, I say any who. <laughs> oh, fancy. My dad says anyhow, and it's really cute. But anyhow, yes. So. I gave dictionaries away as a gift. Wow. Other evidence of my um, choices around language. I'm on a a flight to England and I'm scrolling through the movies and I should be sleeping because it's a, it's an overnight flight, but um, instead I'm looking at movies and the movie that I settle on and I'm wickedly excited about it (laughs) is something called the professor and the madman. (laughs) 
right? I've never heard of it. It's Mel Gibson. It's Sean Penn, right? Like good oh, cast. Good cast. It is a biodrama about the creation of the blank English dictionary. I'm not going to say who because it's a competitor of ours. So the blank English <laughs> dictionary, which is this like penultimate um, work that was created and they sought help from the public to build the, the corpus. Uh, corpus is a body of language. So it was crowdsourced. It was crowdsourcing and like, I know you're, I, I, I hear the silence and I'm, I'm embarrassed, but only it's a little deafening. bit. It's so, deafening. So the movie is all about, so they, they ask people, they put out these flyers and in the paper and everything and in books, and they ask people to submit words and definitions of words with the example. So an example sentence kind of thing. And they got over 10,000 um, contributions from this one person. And mm. he was actually in an asylum. So that's the professor and the madman, and they formed this relationship. And it's, it's actually really interesting. And when they first started the movie, I'm looking at it and it said underneath like the publisher, right? So mm-hmm. I have to rewind it and I'm on a plane and that's not like really like always that easy. And I'm like reading right. it and I'm trying to figure out like, like, is this like the history of our dictionary? And then I was like, oh, it's the other people's dictionary. But like, I watched this three hour movie about a dictionary being created in like, you know, the 17 or 18, the 1800s, I think. So good Lord. <laughs> yes. Mother of everything that is holy. You watched a three hour movie about a dictionary. Also, it's nice to know that the competitors, like their, like their start was with an insane person. That's what I'm that saying. Be, I was that relieved be in that your it, marketing. That I was relieved that it wasn't like, you know, our history, but I thought it was like, and I never heard of it. I mean, like I, this movie came out, I think in 2019, it was out obviously because I was oh. watching it and it's like, oh. I've never heard of it. And you know, Mel oh, Gibson Tanya, and Sean Penn. what you're saying is you never heard, there wasn't a giant marketing push <laughs> for the movie about a dictionary. That's there a wasn't word. a giant that, that that didn't have as many commercials as like Captain America or Guardians of the Galaxy or like Justice League didn't have that. I'm just saying crazy priorities of this society. <laughs> yeah, yeah. is totally to be enter- <laughs> completely because they want to be edu- they want not not just educated they also want to be entertained. How dare them? How dare them? Literally hearing the description of that, I was like, oh my god, I think I fell asleep twice. Are you serious? <laughs> So, so wait, so fast forward that one of the things I was doing, because our, our company is based in the UK, is I was going to a conference that we were having. And one of the speakers, I hope I get his name right, is David Crystal, not Billy Crystal's dad or anything. David Crystal, <laughs> he is a language person and he gave a keynote about Englishes. And he was talking about like, it's really interesting because he was talking about language and and I'm kind of obviously really interesting to me. So, but to other people as well in the audience, <laughs> I stalked him, right? I loved his talk. I actually waited for him and he had to go do like a quick video somewhere in a photo shoot. And I hung around in that auditorium. I met his wife to speak with him because I was so moved by like his keynote. And then if you can imagine, here's this guy and he's like very, you know, world renowned and then I'm telling him about this movie and he's interested. So you know what? There is someone there for me, Joe. There is somebody who wanted to know about it. Yeah. Those are the indoor kids. <laughs> I, I'm sure of it. Good Lord. Tanya, 
that's that's you know what that is that's like deep nerdum that's like really really deep nerd and i appreciate it i really do i took the definition and i wanted to give you something that i could you know i mean that seemed to align and i think that i encourage everyone to love language it's a language this is is a it, it, language is a point of privilege right so i do what i do um by luck right i was looking for a job close to home after having my daughter and i was lucky to find this like intro job in publishing and it specifically for publishing material for people learning English as a second language. Right. And I connected to that because my parents being Cuban immigrants came to this country, Mm -hmm. didn't speak English. And, you know, that's something that impacted like the types of jobs they could get the type of everything. So I really firmly understand how important it is to be able to master language for, for, for like sustainability of your life, right. To like, oh, you know, be able to communicate sure. and then imagine with the stroke where your ability to communicate is impacted. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's all like kind of around that same topic of like, you know, how important language is and your ability to express yourself. So it, it, it's, it's all kind of, you know, kind of like a little, and, and you know, you know what, and I'm really, I, I will nerd shame you forever but i am really like i always appreciate somebody who's passionate about something like just like no matter what it's like no no no, no. this is amazing and you have that i'm not really like okay well that's that's nerdy and then somebody's like oh well i don't really no 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 no. you're not convicted you're super convicted in your likes and i appreciate that so much even though what you like is like the nerdiest thing ever i'm like, totally mailing crazy. you a dictionary i'm gonna mail you a dictionary <laughs> it is so, hopefully it's not a dictionary that was started by an insane person <laughs> that should literally be the commercial now would you like a, a, a dictionary that was put together by scholars or a dictionary that's put together by somebody that was in an insane asylum choose wisely kids choose wisely if you want, if you feel moved enough by what I've been talking about and you want to dip your toe into loving language, you can check out um, a less serious effort on Netflix. There's the history of swear words. Oh, that's that's brilliant. I love that. So that's really, really good. So if you watch that, Corey Stamper, who's got like purple hair, she used to work for Miriam Webster and she's brilliant. I've actually like had a wonderful dinner with her where she went through the history of like the word fuck and it was the best dinner i have ever been to i gotta tell you it's, a, it's one of my favorite words yeah so so watch that and then you know then then you can start to like kind of like grow your your love of language as well yeah and then be like you know what i want to do with the ne- i have three hours that i never want to get back in life <laughs> i just want to throw those to the wind so i'll watch a movie starring mel gibson sean penn about the creation of a dictionary and a madman. So that's, yeah, these are things that you can do with your life that Tanya has. So you want to follow in the footsteps, <laughs> Tanya, there you go. <laughs> so at this point of the show, this is where we shout out our socials, give it out a shout outs. If you'd like to shout anybody out, Tanya, because I know I think you did. Awesome. So uh, I'm on Instagram as the Cubanita, Woo! the little Cuban. And, um, I do have a blog where I try to like, kind of, um, I'd like to give shout outs to people who've shown like what I call courageous vulnerability, that growth through sharing those things that are hard to share sometimes, but we learn so much from each other when we're willing to be vulnerable. Um, and I also kind of take an approach of acknowledging something I couldn't do before. 
So Mm. I try to like those milestones of like the first time I baked a cake by myself after my stroke or whatever it was the first time I actually jumped and I like my feet left the ground, which was one of the most terrifying things I had to do in physical therapy was like jump. And so I try to acknowledge that the writing has been a little bit slow, but that blog is on Weebly and it's called um, A Stroke of Luck. Ooh, all that all, all the links will be in the, the show's bio for you to check out. Oh, I love that. I love that. Cool. Thank you. And then, I mean, if I can give a little bit of a shout out to like, I think two organizations that have super helped me. One is uh, Love Your Brain. Mm-hmm. And I actually was recently trained to be one of their mindfulness facilitators. Um, so they offer yoga and mindfulness programs for people with TBI and their caregivers. And um, because of COVID, they actually started doing a lot of online mindfulness and yoga work. So, um, you know, their goal is similar to, I think what, you know, like the goals are through Joe and this group of building community. Um, and I think one thing that's been important is like that fostering of resilience. So love your brain. Um, all of the programming is free. I actually just did a photo shoot for them. They, they, they did a, a, a yoga class and they invited folks with brain injury who have experienced the program to to come to an event in New York. And I I was able to do that. And then I'm going to shout out my homies at the Rehabola Gym. So Rehabola Gym is a neuro robotic clinic in Irvington, New York. They actually are doing teletherapy as well now. And they use technology to assist occupational and physical therapy. And that's where I went when I felt that some of what I was feeling in my body wasn't being clearly addressed because it was subtle, that whole presenting well thing. Right. And what these, what this technology affords you is an objective look at what's happening. And I could see the measures and see my growth through data. So maybe that's another nerdum is data for me. <laughs> I, I heard the laugh. I heard you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's important, right? To like, to see how we progress and have like that, that machine assisted therapy has been huge for me. Right. So, so that if, if you want to check them out, I encourage that. Boom. All of these links will be in the, the show notes. Um, definitely reach out to Tanya. If you have, a um, you know, uh, any questions about dictionaries, <laughs> that's what I was hoping you'd, you, that's the help I was hoping you'd offer. <laughs> uh, but seriously, seriously, I am one thing that I'm an open book about, you know, I, you know, I, I taught my daughter early is it a curious question or is it a nosy question? The difference between the oh, two things, because right. a curious question is a fair question. A nosy question, like go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? You shouldn't, you know, like, <laughs> like a curious question is, is fair and it's learning. A nosy question is selfish. So that's the right. difference. Well, I, I want to hear the gossip. Right. I want to hear the so, gossip. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I've been through a lot. I actually think that part of what surviving is, is sharing that information and those experiences. Because if I can help someone else, then I feel like whatever hell I may have gone through in my life, um, you know, I went through it for a reason. And it's not just like my own personal growth reason or anything like that, but I went through it so that someone else can avoid it. So if I can help anybody um, beyond dictionaries, like, you know, divorce, family court, restraining order, you know, blah, blah, you know, all whatever, you know, like traumatic event, I'm happy and I'm open and, you know, please reach out to me because I think that Joe, you've been really, I think, consistent about making connections and how important it is to have people in your life that understand you. And, you know, again, it's important to me that, that 
any experience I have that can help another person, I, I'm, I'm very open and willing to talk about and, 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 and listen. Absolutely love that. This is why I just adore our community so much because of that. It's the most caring, loving, helpful community in the world. And if you guys have any questions about literally anything, hit up Tanya at the <laughs> Cubanita on uh, Instagram. Like, why are dogs' noses cold? <laughs> what does the dog think? What does the dog think? Inside joke, guys. You have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so th- th- this has been epic. Also, uh, speaking of socials, you can reach out to my tiny, beautiful ass-kicking co-host, Lauren, at Lauren El Manzano on Instagram. You can reach out to me at Joso Rocks on all the socials. You can reach out to us, the Neuro Nerds, everywhere. At the Neuro Nerds. Everywhere. Nice. <laughs> Not at everywhere. Because that'd be really weird. We're the Neuro Nerds. It'd be weird if it was like, oh, let me look up at everywhere, the Neuro Nerds. No, 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 no. It's at the Neuro Nerds. On all the socials. Tanya, this has been epic. This has been really, really fun. I, I wanted to say, like, I truly appreciate who you are. I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your openness. I uh, just appreciate your your aura. Honestly, like, I think you're an amazing person. I'm so happy and thrilled that we connected. And this has been so much fun. Definitely. No, <laughs> I can't believe how much time has gone by. And I'm, like, sitting here basking in the feeling. And then I took a second there and I was like, what the heck did we just talk about? <laughs> I can't wait right, to hear right. all of this wait where are we who are you how did this happen right now (laughs) and on that weird we both have brain injuries and we are probably going to take naps after this long episode note this neuro nerd is out tiny that was awesome that was a lot of fun that was so much fun it was fun thank you like it felt like i think michael was like what michael said i was like you're like you just make it happen and for somebody with a brain injury you remember all these things and connect these dots like so well you know what's funny about that? Ask me what it, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about right now. Neither do I. Neither do I. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. Your reviews help us grow and reach more listeners like you. Find us by searching for the Neuro Nerds on the Apple Podcast app today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.